Let's go, Colorado! And we're back. Colorado's biggest and best live hockey radio show. This is the Hockey Show right here on My Eye Sports. JJ Jerez, Ryan Bolding. We're heading to the phone. NHL columnist Nick Costanica. Not only that, he's been sitting next to us in the press box in the throughout game one and two. We've gotten to know him, gotten to get his opinions, his thoughts. Nick, thanks so much for hanging out with us. How's how's the energy, how's the vibe down in Nashville right now from the fans? Oh, the vibe's always good in Nashville. Um, you know, uh, Broadway, they come ready to party. It's a weekend here. There's lots of hockey jerseys around, and I'm crossing the street with a guy on the way to the rink. And he's wearing a Predators jersey, and I said, well, how do you feel? They're going to win? He goes, we better. <laughs> so I think uh, there's anticipation, but it's nervous anticipation based on the way the first two games went. Yeah, definitely a make-or-break day here coming up. So with that, I guess let's look at the lineup changes, right? We heard yesterday that UC Saros is definitely out for today. Um, but with that, you know, we also saw a couple pieces go out of the lineup from game one and a couple guys slot in for game two. And, of course, it brought a different feel in the two games. So I guess... What's the latest in terms of who's playing, who's not, and uh, what do you expect the uh, Predators to really come out of the gate with here? Well, Ingram is going to start for Nashville. I think that that's the number one thing, and you know why wouldn't he? You know, he played great the first two games. Uh, see if he can rekindle that magic here at home. Uh, have the home crowd behind him. You know, as far as Colorado, um, Jared Bednar spoke uh, just a few minutes ago, and he said Cogliano is getting there. Uh, but he did not uh, commit to any lineup changes, so we'll have to see uh, when they come out for warm up. But you know, in all honesty, I don't think any of the lineup changes are, are going to be the difference maker right now. I think it's a matter of you know how the teams play and whether Nashville can can make a, yet another leap uh, in how it plays. Right? They you know the Predators are better from game one to game two, and they need to to improve at that rate or more uh, to win in game three. Nick, first of all, I'm jealous that you get an afternoon game down in Nashville where we get the you know the the semi almost bottom of the barrel late starts here in Denver. But uh, I haven't had a chance to read your three keys yet. But we had a conversation about how it seems like they're the same every night. Do you feel like anything has changed in the the keys for Nashville to have success here? Well, for Nashville, to me, is when they don't have the puck, they need to be more aggressive. They need to be on their toes. Uh, really go at the avalanche, uh, better forecheck, uh, more aggressive in the neutral zone. They can't just, you know, be on their heels uh, and tentative uh, against a, a really good, fast team, like try to stop them before they get started. When they do have the puck, though, I think they need to be patient. Um, I think they're a little jittery with it. They know the, the avalanche are fast, um, and they're struggling to get out of their end, and they're struggling to put passes together. So they need to, you know, take their time just a split second more, make a good pass, uh, get out of their end, uh, and get on the attack. With that, you know, I just spent the last segment kind of talking about how that overtime goal really seemed to deflate the Nashville Predators. It kind of felt, you know, I watched them get off the ice. I watched them slowly with, you know, bent at the waist, knees on their stick, kind of just seem mentally deflated. How do you feel they're going to bounce back? Do you think they're in the right state mentally, or do you think that maybe they just feel a bit defeated at this point? Well, that's tough to gauge. I mean, I think that, that any time you lose in the playoffs, it, it's a tough loss. Um, you know, I think they, they gave a hard effort. They defended hard. I also think they were tired. I mean, they spent a lot of that game chasing, uh, really from, you know, maybe the middle of the first period, end of the first period on. Um, and the Avalanche just dominated them territorially. Uh, and when you don't have the puck, it's a hard game to play, right? They blocked a lot of shots. They defended hard. 
and eventually uh, they broke, right? Um, but they're coming home. They'll have the crowd behind them. I think they want a good start, and if they can get a lead, which they haven't had in this series, they'll feel better about themselves. So, um, you know, I'm not one to read teams' minds. Uh, just have to see how the game goes, and I do think the first goal tonight uh, could give them a big lift if they can get it. Yeah, I think uh, too, Nick. I'm I'm curious your thoughts on now that you've you've seen two games of this this Avalanche iteration, real up close and personal this season. What your your impressions of them are, and and what is it about them that makes them you know as dominant as they seem? Well, none of this will surprise you, having watched the Avalanche a lot. I mean, what what is impressive is just their speed and skill level. Um, you know, and I think if you look at the numbers, five on five, they've had two-thirds of the shot attempts in this series. Uh, I think they lead the league in that. So they've been the most dominant team territorially uh, in their series in the, in the NHL, right? So it's they're, they're a tough team to play against because they're so fast, they're so skilled. They've got so many guys who can put the puck in the net. And now that they're fully healthy, um, they're deep, right? So and their they're top players have played well. Uh, Kale McCarr has been outstanding. I think Nate McKinnon has been outstanding. Uh, Landis Stock had a great game one. Maybe he had a little rust in game two, but, you know, he's going to get there. The Chushkin's a beast. Um, they just go down the list, right? So we all know what makes them great. They just got to play their game, play it well, and, um, you know, the odds are on their side. Yeah. This is the Hockey Show. We're talking to NHL's Nick Costanica. Um, of course, we got McCarr making magic, Nathan McKinnon putting up points, but one guy that I think you failed to mention there was Darcy Kemper, right? We know two two wins, he's playing well, but he was also one of the question marks going into the season. He was one of the question marks halfway through the season and something that made a lot of Avs fans nervous possibly headed into the playoffs. Knowing what you've seen from him in years past, what are you seeing out of the Darcy Kemper you saw in games one and two? Well, honestly, the only question mark for Kemper for me is just can he stay healthy? I think when he's been healthy, he's been an elite goaltender. Um, you know, I look in Arizona that one year, like to me, halfway through the year, he was probably the leading candidate for the Vezna, and then he got hurt. Um, I think when he's been healthy, he's elite, and his numbers were really good this season. Um, no, I haven't talked about it much because they haven't had to rely on him yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even in that 7-2 game one win, in the first period, he made a spectacular save, uh, diving to his left, getting his left arm you know, on a puck. Um, and that goes, goes unnoticed because of the way the game went. But um, I think he's very good. I think he's certainly capable of, of um, you know, winning a Stanley Cup with this group in front of him if he's healthy and on his game. I think, uh, you know, everybody knows the playoffs are kind of a get in and anything can happen kind of situation, right? We've seen, you know, eight seeds upset, one seeds plenty. But do you think that Nashville has what it takes to overcome this this avalanche team I mean, from this point forward, if this series were to go uh, any longer than four? I mean, I have a hard time, if we're being honest, I have a hard time seeing them win four out of the next five games. I just, I don't see it happening. But stranger things have happened. Um, And the thing about hockey is you don't know who's going to get hurt. (laughs) You don't know how the puck's going to bounce. Crazy things happen. So, you know, we just talked about how the Avalanche dominated most of game two. But the Predators hit a post, I think, in the third period, and that puck goes in uh, the, the different series right now. Mm-hmm. So, look, I'm a. If you look at my picks, you realize how terrible I am at predicting. So I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that here. Um, what was I gonna get to? I, I Nick, I forgot. wanted to ask. I know the game hasn't started yet, but just how is the uh, 
what what is the press box situation? How is the vibe? What is everything at at Bridgestone like compared to your experience at Ball Arena for games one and two? Well, I haven't been up there yet today, but I've covered a lot of playoff games in this building, and it's one of my favorite buildings to be in. I mean, I think the great thing about the NHL is there's there's different flavors, right? And there are certain buildings where you close your eyes and you know where you are, right? I think Montreal's one because of the the French and and the history and the pageantry there. Vegas is Vegas. In Nashville, you close your eyes, you could be nowhere else. And it's not just the country music and the live music. Um, it's the crowd. I mean, the way the crowd um, cheers, the way it chants. There's some chants here you don't hear anywhere else in the, in the league. Um, it's a great building, especially in the playoffs, and I, I expect it to be a lot of fun today. Sorry for forgetting my question. I was listening to you, and I forgot completely what I was going to say, but here it is. Now that you've been, you know, you got to watch the first games I- in person, and I know you're no stranger to the Avalanche. We all know how good they were all season, and we all watch hockey all the time. But is there anything you noticed about this Avalanche team that perhaps you weren't anticipating, something that you got to see live that you said, wow, I never noticed that on TV. This is what makes them such a weapon. Um, not necessarily, but I do think when you watch them live, you appreciate the speed and skill that much more, right? Like, they, you were sitting next to me. There were certain players where I'm just like, oh, you know, like because of what McCarr can do um, and what McKinnon can do, especially those two. Um, but other players, like Taves jumping up in the rush, um, you know, just just little things like that. But, um, you know, I think we know what the Avalanche are. And it's just a matter of them playing to their identity and their, their full ability. The last thing I want to touch on is Nazem Kadri is obviously – makes a, a big impact on this team. The Avalanche struggled without him last year. Uh, he he talked. He recently wrote a Players' Tribune article. You wrote a column about him. We got to talk to him yesterday. Uh, and something that stuck out to me, I don't know if, if you had the same view on it, but I asked him about changing the perception of himself. We've heard Jared Bednar talk about how hard he worked uh, to, to become a player that's not considered what he was before. And he essentially said it's mostly the perception of the fans in the media and not necessarily anything that he's done on the ice. Do you, do you think that's totally accurate, or do you think just visually that some things have changed from where he was before? Um, well, technically he's right. The perception of him is somebody else, right? Like he, he can't control other people's perceptions in a way, so he's right on that, but... The only way to change perception is to stay disciplined and stay out of the box and not get suspended. I mean, look, like, say what you want. The, the guy's been suspended three times in the playoffs, and I would say the Maple Leafs would tell you that his suspension, at least one of them, cost him a series. I think you could argue his suspension last year cost the Avalanche the second-round series. I think if they have Nazem Kadri healthy and, and in the lineup and productive, maybe they don't blow a 2 nothing lead to Vegas. Um, so say what you want, he got suspended three times in the playoffs. He needs to stay in the lineup. He needs to be the player he can be, and then he can be a big reason um, things are different this year. I mean, if you look at it, like, where, where would the Avalanche be last year with Nazem Kadri, right? So he's in the lineup this year, stay in the lineup, play well, and then, um, you know, I think that'll go a long way to changing perceptions the way he wants. Last one for me, and then we'll let you go about your day and enjoy the game at Bridgestone Arena. Looking around, I know you're focused on Nashville, Colorado right now, but six days into the playoffs now, looking around, what's been the biggest surprise or biggest treat that you've seen so far uh, in the playoffs? I think the biggest surprise for me is so many lopsided games. Like, 
I mean, this is a league that's really defined by parity. It's a very competitive league. Um, you know, more so than just lots of goals, it's just there's been a lot of lopsided playoff games, which you don't see a lot. Uh, we saw one in this series, but it's it's not just this series. Like, at eight two games with, with the Oilers and Kings and, and just some other games that were not close. So I think, you know, it'll be something to watch, whether that's a trend or not. I don't know. It's early yet. Uh, but that's, to me, been the biggest surprise around the league. Absolutely. Definitely something we pointed out here at the top of the show. So thanks so much for taking the time. Very generous of you. And hopefully we don't see you back for Game 5, and maybe we just see it <laughs> next round. But we'll, we'll see how it plays out yeah. here. I'll, I'll be back one way or the other. So All right. uh, good talking to you guys, and see you soon. All see you right. soon, Nick. Thanks so much. There you have it. Nick Katsanika, NHL.com. And just a, a real hockey guy, right? Getting to sit with him. We've heard his comments, his thoughts, and he, he knows the game. He knows the X's and O's. So obviously a treat to get to talk to him. Hey, I always appreciate the opportunity to learn from somebody who has, you know, various experience, varied experience, but also, you know, he sees a lot of hockey that we don't right. up close and personal. And so it has a, an additional insight. You don't want to just get stuck in the avalanche bubble echo chamber out here. You know, you want experience outside of what's happening. Kind of the reason we do this hockey show, right? To kind of separate us from purely Colorado avalanche hockey and get to talk all things. But today's about the avalanche. I mean, what is it? An hour, 15 minutes away. Puck drop, game three. Pivotal game three. So we'll see how that pans out. But we got one more segment left to go here. The Mixed Bag Skate, where we get to have a little fun, relax, and uh, prepare our descent for the day. So stick around through the break. We'll be right back here on the Hockey Show. JJ Jerez, Ryan Bowling, Danny Bailey, my high sports. Just sitting around, but when the sun goes down, I'll be ready to party.